Aloha and namaste. My name is Matt. I'm Ash. Welcome back to the Inner Work Podcast. Are you a safe person for your partner to be wrong or to admit that they've made a mistake? Mm, Good topic. (laughs) That is today's topic. And so many of our conversations are always about taking accountability and being humble enough to admit, you know, you made a mistake. We've never really talked about are you a safe person for your partner to be able to do that work? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the times when we're in a confrontation with our partner, uh, we feel judged, we feel shamed, we feel like we might risk losing our significant other if we were to ever admit the things we're being blamed for, right? Like a lot of the times when we get in arguments, we're calling out our partner on some behavior that's unhealthy or something that they did. And we have to check in and ask, are we a safe enough person for them to even admit that? Because no inner work healing is going to be done if our partner feels like they are judged and shamed. So this is really important work. We're going to talk about how to do this today and welcome in. Yeah, this is one of the biggest foundations for doing inner work because obviously you can't bring anything up. You can't work on anything if there isn't the capacity to be vulnerable to even process that in the first place. So last episode, you know, we're kind of building off of that topic of you're not enlightened and that's okay. And so the fa- the first step of becoming a safe person, having a relationship that it feels safe to be in is having the capacity to accept each other as you are. Can you accept that we are both human, we're both imperfect, And we both bring into the relationship wounds and issues and past conditioning that is going to cause pain and cause issues. If there, if this isn't there now, a lot of you might be like, well, yeah, of course, like we're both human. I get that. Well, but hold on a minute. What the ego actually does is it technically has a hidden expectation of our partners that they shouldn't have any problems. And it's pretty obvious to look at the social media of today and the relationship advice of today where it's like yeah like find someone who doesn't cause those problems and doesn't trigger you and if they do then they're the wrong person it's pretty common stuff we run into all the time we see these these pretty horrible messages to be honest because all it does is push people away because it chases this illusion of you're going to find some perfect person that has done all their healing and all their inner work and they literally are not going to have a problem Well, no, you're not going to find that (laughs) because you would basically be finding an an enlightened being, right? So our last episode, we really went into over this a lot more of that's just not realistic. You're you're probably not going to go find some Buddha, you know, guy or girl who already has that. And honestly, you're probably not a Buddha yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then why would they want to be with you? Because you're probably not that. So exactly. So it's more realistic. This is like step one. This is kind of the foundation of today's talk is you you have to let each other be human, understand you both are human. And because of that, there is an expectation of we're going to hurt each other. We're going to accidentally do things and say things that cause pain. We didn't mean to. We're going to have random habits and behaviors come up that we even are like, damn, I do that. I'm like that. Because It's just part of being human. It's part of having an ego. It's part of having blind spots. One of the biggest blind spots is that behavior we never want to be like, especially in a parent, 
we tend to be because our ego blocks us from realizing we are that. And then your partner goes, hey, do you know you're just like your mom? Do you know you're acting just like your dad right now? And we, of course, our ego denies it, rejects it. But this is really the core of doing inner work in a relationship is to have the vulnerability to say, well, am I really? Like, help me out. How do you, why do you think that? And this kind of opens the door for any healing and any inner work to even begin is being vulnerable and humble enough to say, you know, tell me more about that. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to be diving deeper into this topic of making sure that we're doing our inner work to be a safe partner so that our partner has the right environment, maybe an environment they've never had before because, uh, you know, most families aren't like these perfect Buddha-like conscious families, right? So have they ever been in an environment where it was safe for them to be wrong, safe for them to make a mistake, safe for them to admit that they're doing something unhealthy? So we have to recreate that environment in our relationship and we're going to talk about how to do that. And how to recognize that if our partner is defensive, when we're trying to bring something to their attention, it could be, and not entirely might be, but it could be a lot to do with not having that tone and that security and that commitment already established that they know they're safe. So how do we do that? We're going to be giving you step-by-step tools that you can use in order to create that commitment and that environment so that your partner knows they're in a safe place to take accountability and admit they're wrong and how you could basically deduce the likelihood of having a blowout fight by addressing triggers, um, bringing critical feedback to your partner that you usually they would get a, a defensive by by using very specific language that you soften the ego's defenses. So if you come to your partner with critical feedback, we're gonna be sharing a a strategy today of how you could do it in a successful way where they actually wanna listen, they're not offended, and not only are they not offended and defensive, but they actually flip and wanna be there for you and wanna help you instead of being defensive. So uh, let's get into the first thing of how do we create an environment where our partner knows in this relationship and with this person, I'm safe to be imperfect to admit I'm wrong. So let's just check in like as listeners right now. Do you feel like from your partner's perspective, they know that to you, they can admit if they've had a relapse in a promise or a commitment or something that they've told you they were going to do and they they've screwed it up. Do they feel safe enough to tell you that and bring that to you? Or do they know you're going to reprimand them, judge them, blame them, uh, hold it over their head, head. yeah. Do they feel safe enough to admit that they're struggling or to have like a vice they're struggling with? Do they feel like you're their number one supporter in recovery or quitting? Or do they feel like you're their number one judger and number one criticizer? Do they feel like they can come to as something they're feeling vulnerable and insecure about? Or are they afraid you are going to straight up mock them, uh, reject them, think less of them, and maybe even not want to be with them because you find it weak or embarrassing is another good common one and this is really you know this is the inner work right here it's self self self-reflection and living a contemplative lifestyle where you can really like look at yourself and then honestly right now as you hear these things and you're like oh shoot like 
I don't know, I might be doing those exact things. Can you give yourself grace? Because literally your ability to give yourself grace right now, that's how you're gonna extend it to your partner. So when you can admit that you still have some work to do, how much easier is it gonna be for you to have grace and compassion for your partner being imperfect as well? So we need to set up this container in the relationship. So obviously the first thing, if you already have like broken that and you're pretty sure like, I've literally already broken this with my partner. No wonder um, they're not able to, you know, talk through things with me because I totally do criticize and judge and blame and bring up the past and say, you this, you that, or, you know, keep a tally. You got to come clean about that first and foremost and recognize and admit, like be the role model in demonstrating what it looks like to be vulnerable and to have made a mistake and to be wrong. You need to do that. You need to come clean and you need to uh, create a fresh container within your relationship uh, where you recognize that hasn't been helpful and I actually want to be a supporting person with you, not against you. Yeah, absolutely. So creating that foundation of, okay, we both want to work on this and we both want to create this safety that we can feel held in, that we can feel safe enough to be vulnerable. All right, so now that we've established that, we have this beautiful foundation, we're going to move into step one now. So you have this new container you're trying to set up. You have this new process of being vulnerable together. So the first thing you have to do now that the overall context is established. Well, maybe we could just go back just a little bit and really clarify what that means. Like, what does that mean to be like a safe person where you have that context? It basically means you guys are saying to each other, I don't want to um, ever judge or shame you. I actually want to walk beside you and be your biggest cheerleader and support system. And I expect that you're going to mess up. I already know it. Like you're going to make promises, Mm -hmm. you're going to make commitments and you're going to struggle at keeping them. You're going to try your best and you might fall along the way. You're going to try to change your behaviors, but it's not going to change overnight. I understand that this isn't an overnight turn a switch on, but I see that you're committed and you're showing up. And as long as that's there, I want to be your biggest supporter and um, help me and not your, you know, keep tally advocate. So that's what that Mm -hmm. looks like. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I don't know how to do that. I just wanted to clarify what it looks like is deciding we're a team and we're a we unit. We're not against each other. I'm actually here to support you in those things. And when you say I fell, I say, how can I lift you up? Not point the finger at you and be like, you did it again. Mm-hmm. It's more so like, I'm here to help you. So that's what that's what it looks like. So once that is, has been established, here we are. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so first step is, all right, we have a wound. We have something getting brought to the surface. Um, you know, maybe your partner is doing something that you find hurtful. And you're trying to bring some awareness to that so you guys can work on it. And this also applies if you are going through something too, like you have your own trigger coming up, you have your own wounds coming up that are that are um, not related to your partner. You know, maybe you have something coming up with your mom or your dad or your family or your work or your friends or just your own stuff that you're noticing from within you. So this applies to any time you want to process a trigger, we call it with your partner. So a trigger being anything that is pulling you from your place of peace 
and calm, where you feel loved, you feel whole, you feel complete. And, you know, even if you're thinking like, well, shoot, I don't even feel that on a normal basis. That's probably because we're constantly in triggered states. So that's our natural state, though. That is our innate state. It's our destiny. It's who we're really supposed to be. Uh, it's our true self is being in that state of unconditional love, peace, flow, and uh, feeling compassion, forgiveness, and ease. So when we get triggered and we fall from that state, in other words, you know, we get sad, we get prideful, we get, you know, down on ourselves, we don't feel good enough, something like this comes up. First and foremost, we have to get a buy-in with our partner. We have to check in with them and, and even see, do you have the capacity right now to talk about this? So this is one of the biggest things that would cause me and Matt to fight that I was like not getting. So 10 out of 10, highly recommend this step to everybody, especially the women out there. Um, not checking in first and being like, hey, like, babe, I have like something emotional coming up that I need to talk to you about or I have an issue that I need to bring to your attention. Do you have a minute to talk about that with me? And it's probably going to be a minute because like I like want to sit down and talk to you about it. Instead, he'll be in the middle of something and I would just like walk up to him and give him this feedback or tell him what I was thinking or tell him what happened or, you know, what I'm upset about. And boom, that's like the igniting of an argument right there because were, was he in the middle of something? That's not where his headspace was at. Was he prepared to have this conversation? Did he know he was about to have this conversation? Was he hungry? Is he hot? Is he tired? Is he exhausted? Is he already stressed about something else? So immediately, like I'm basically setting myself up for failure and I'm not going to get what I wanted to get, which was like an emotionally healing conversation because I didn't start it off that way. I didn't even ask him for his conscious participation to go there i just kind of just said something you know yeah, like it feels, hey it feels like our partners <laughs> just drop something on us and we're not really we're not there for it and so it feels violating so that's me not being a safe partner right because yeah. at any moment he could be living his life and then i could just drop something on him uh that's heavy or needs to be emotionally processed without asking him for his autonomous individual like buy-in to have that conversation with me it would be like you know making somebody do something against their will of course they're going to get defensive of course they're going to get heated of course they're going to get upset because you're basically forcing them to have an emotional conversation when you know they might have not been ready and imagine forcing somebody to do any other type of task in life mm -hmm. you know like just making them do that in that moment without asking like hey do you want to go to dinner tonight it's like you're doing this it's like no we don't do that in any other area in life we always ask like hey do you want to blah 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 um can we go do blah 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 you don't just like grab them by the hand and walk them out <laughs> but when we're triggered that's what we tend to do if we're not aware we tend to just force it and because we're heated and so step one being a safe partner is get your partner's buy-in hey, it looks like this. I always want to show like examples because when we talk about it, it's like, okay, I get the concept, but like, what does that look like? It's like, hey, I have um, something, t I have some, something that came up for me between us that I need to talk to you about. Do you have the time to talk about that right now? Or do you want to talk about it later? 
Yeah, there needs to be a follow because one of the biggest common questions we get on this one is what if your partner's like, no, I don't want to talk about that and I don't want to talk about it anytime soon. <laughs> or just basically they're just like, <laughs> no. no, you know, there's like, <laughs> no, okay. we're not doing that. So you have to have there is no is not an option or else you shouldn't be in a relationship to be just like super blunt. Um, the partner has to take interest. Yeah, that's a common question we get. And, you know, we're streaming live on TikTok and Instagram right now. So all you all who have commented this, like, what if I bring this to my partner and they don't want to talk? It's like, we're like, well, that's dude, not okay. It's a red flag to begin with. Like, no. that's not a partnership. That is what we're saying is toxic because this is the toxic relationship advice that's out there is you shouldn't have to work on anything with your partner. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> in what planet and what reality do you think you're not going to have How's human that going moments? For you? <laughs> yeah, you've probably been through relationship after relationship after relationship because you keep realizing, man, I keep having to work on things with people. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So that's the illusion we were trying to shatter in the beginning is that is an illusion, you guys. There is no relationship that you don't have to work on things together. That is extremely unrealistic and you're setting yourself up to fail. So just to squash that comment once and for all, if your partner is unresponsive, like start considering the door because that's not a good sign. That means they see you as an object for pleasure. And as soon as you require anything other than that, they're not interested in you. That's a huge red flag. That's not good. So a relationship is not a place. See, the world is teaching us a very egotistical view of relationships. And again, just to summarize that, it's that your relationship is to serve you. And as soon as it doesn't serve you, you should start considering being with someone else. We have an incredibly different view of relationships. So just to be extremely clear, we believe relationships are literally a place for you to be of service and to give. They're a place to give. They're not a place to get. The getting you get in a relationship is it's a bonus. side effect. It's a <laughs> bonus. But it's not to be expected. If you do that, you're going to lead, you're going to run into all kinds of issues and pitfalls. But here's the irony. Is it, it's like, if both people if both, have exactly, the right? commitment See? to give, then... It ends right. up being a, a win-win receiving. Exactly. Right. But see, that can't be the goal. Yeah. Because as soon as you make getting something from your relationship the goal, you're setting yourself up for an ego trap. So in love, you know, we view relationships as a place of service and a place to give. And as you give, you receive. But that wasn't the goal. It's a paradox. It's a side effect. So first and foremost, a relationship is your greatest place for growth. And the growth comes from showing up for your partner. Let's really let that one sink in. Like, let's repeat it. Growth comes from showing up for your partner. The ego has a misperception and it thinks growth comes from people giving you stuff, from you getting expanded by your partner, from you getting loved by your partner. Oh, that's how I'm going to grow. No, again, in no reality that I'm aware of, is that true? We grow through our expansion. So when someone buy, gets this buy-in with you, there needs to be an obvious agreement of like, of course, we're going to do this. This is why our relationship is a relationship in the first place. We're here to grow together. We're here to stretch. We're here to um, work on things together. So we get that buy-in and we say, of course, like, let's do this. Okay, so we have the buy-in. We need to talk about something. 
both people are aware, we're ready to talk about it. So good. We've made it this far consciously. <laughs> <laughs> the the part where it could blow up is in how we present mm-hmm. our problem to our partner because certain language is going to inevitably trigger anybody's ego. As soon as you start pointing out what someone did wrong, what they're doing, what they're not doing right, what they did do in the past. It's like, yes, those things happened. It's, you know, that's why we're having this conversation. Um, But the packaging of how you're going to bring this to somebody needs to have a strategy behind it. Otherwise, again, you're setting yourself up for disaster. You're not going to get what you what you want, which is you want them to care. You want them to um, want to help. You want them to want to see things your way. You want them to be invested in what you're saying and you want them to basically acknowledge and take accountability, right? That's only going to happen if the way you present it to them makes it safe for them to do those things. So Mm -hmm. are you a safe person? And um, you guys, we're only sharing this because this is like our work. Like we have spent our entire relationship now, we're going on 10 years doing this work together. Like, and we have fumbled so many times and we've both been on both ends of this. Like we're not reading this shit to you out of a book. Like we're telling you, we're going to write it in a book for you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> we're, we're telling you from direct experience the stuff that we implement and work on. Um, it doesn't work when you say, you did this, you did that. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? You're not doing this. You're not doing that. It doesn't work. I've been mm-hmm. there a thousand times. It's not going to work. What does work is being vulnerable yourself, admitting you're struggling, admitting your weaknesses admitting what you need and it looks like this i'm really struggling right now i'm needing a lot of support i'm noticing i need more attention how this is the common one for women it's like you feel like he's distracted he's not giving you attention he's always on his phone he's gaming he's always doing business he's whatever he's with his boys that's a common one or he's in his vices instead of you're always on your phone you're always drinking you're always playing video games you're never home you're always working I am needing more quality time. I'm needing more affection. I'm needing more attention. I'm feeling really lonely. I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really depressed. What that does is it actually allows your partner to step in and be like, oh, shoot, let me be there for you instead of you're my problem. Yeah, back off instead of back off, man. Yep, yep. So just that powerful, it's so subtle, but it's so powerful because it creates an environment where you are being vulnerable see this is why inner work and having these healthy conscious relationships takes both people because your ego doesn't want to do that let's be honest you don't want to admit that you need their help or that you're hurting or something like that the ego doesn't like admitting weaknesses you have to understand that the human ego is literally incapable of being humble it's <laughs> incapable of being vulnerable the highest evolution that the human ego can get to is to a prideful state that's it So this requires our conscious soul, our conscious awareness to go beyond our ego that's telling us, don't look weak. Don't say you have a vulnerability. Don't say I language. Put it on them. Put it on them. So your ego is going to do that. It takes a conscious being who can feel all of that happening within them and say, that's not going to lead to anything ego because our human ego is very animalistic. And so therefore it gets animalistic results, which is constant fight or flight struggle, forcefulness, and issues. 
So we have to go beyond our ego if we want to have a peaceful relationship. So when that comes up, I, I was thinking one of the biggest red, like red flags and one of the biggest um, things that could come up in that moment is the partner says, this is worst case scenario, is the partner goes, God, you're such a burden, such mm-hmm. a burden. So that is the one thing I have seen come up and say when I'm so doing needs. relationship counseling. Yeah, that is. So that's the worst case scenario. So red flag, if your partner does that, just know, oh shit, here's that red flag they were talking about. So the red flag is if your partner, when you are vulnerable to them, they shut you down and make you a problem. Yet again, kind of going back to the buy-in, I get really fired up about this because most of the time, this is a masculine male thing. And it really pisses me off because um, I just, I get so frustrated at the caliber of men that is out there in the world. And it pisses me off because it's pathetic and not to shame, but to definitely put down the behavior. The behavior is pathetic. The men, of course, have way higher potential and I love them and I know they're innocent. It's just what's being normalized. It's just what's being normalized is so sad. And so I'm not trying to put anybody down but I am trying to raise the standard of what we've all accepted as okay. And so it's so important to, again, realize why would a partner say that to someone else if they're being vulnerable? Especially, let's all just remember what a relationship is supposed to be. The context is you're supposed to love that person. So when I get these comments and I hear these relationship calls where I have these partners saying, well, I was like asking my needs to get men. I was vulnerable to them and they told me I'm a burden and they de- degraded me and, and rejected me. Man, it just gets me so protective and sad and all mixture of emotions because that was literally your moment. That's the moment to show up for them. That's the moment to be their hero. That's the moment to be their support. That's the moment to be their shoulder to lean on. That was literally the moment of the whole reason you're together. That was the moment to love each other. We think the moment to love each other is when everything's good and when the pleasure's there. No, 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 no. Real love is in when you're there for each other. That's love. So our definitions from the beginning are is what's screwing us all over. Just like we said a second ago with the buy-in conversation, the, the real root of the problem here is that the world is teaching us an egotistical view of relationships and that's never gonna work. We have to evolve our definition of what is love and what is a relationship that actually is healthy look like. Which leads us to our next step, which I was just checking in the comments on the live stream on Instagram. And that's what people are asking. They're asking, well, what if you do all these things and you bring it to your partner and they're not receptive they can't show up for you they don't want to hear it they're still angry they they're not receiving this and so we want first of all send them this podcast episode it's going to be out tomorrow on the inner work podcast um if you're watching the live stream right now we got to establish the purpose of your relationship first because if that's not there this is never going to work it's never going to work so they need to what matt just said uh, they need to be on that same page is like the purpose of your relationship to give, to love each other, to heal, to help each other, to be each other's biggest support and advocates. Because if they're not on board with that, of course, everything you bring to them is going to be annoying and an inconvenience. Mm-hmm. So we have to establish that Yeah, first. because if, they're, if their subtle foundation of why they're in a relationship is to get something from you, of course, you'll never win. Yeah, you'll never win because you're a human. So as soon as you need anything, yes. you are a burden. You have to ask. So we what are have your, to have that definition. Yeah. What are your expectations in this relationship? Do you 
find out ask them do you expect me to never have an issue with you because you secretly they to, probably do yeah do you expect me to never talk to you about anything uncomfortable do you, you expect me to never have a problem do you expect me to never have a problem find out because if they're like yeah because unfortunately <laughs> guys the reason why i'm so fired up about this is because nine out of ten times if the person's honest there is a hidden secret egotistical agenda of yeah actually i kind of was hoping you'd just be fucking good okay so here's like the switch. just be good and don't need anything from yes me. here's the switch <laughs> matt what do you expect in life and in our relationship to always need to show up and take action be responsible to grow to be mature to be wise to be patient to freaking look at my shit yeah. look at my unhealed things to improve so when something like, comes up he's not shocked and annoyed and being like what the heck is this shit he's like yeah. for the most part i mean we still struggle and have our moments but for the most part we're at this place with all this work uh pretty 99 percent of the time where we're like yep Yep. This is my We're work human. right now. Here like, we here we go. I'm moment. ready to sit down and talk about this because we know that that's what we're doing together is healing, working on stuff, growing, helping each other, supporting each other, um, talking through things. We're a partnership. We have, there's a lot of dynamics that go, we work together. We live together. We have a podcast together. We've got social yeah. media together. We've if got we're able to be together, together 24-7, any of you guys can if do it. If we can do it. Because if we were to get like, apart all day, you know how much easier it would be? Yeah. Like when you're with someone that much, the amount of up. work, you ha inner work you have to do together Your is parents together. Insane. You guys have children together. A lot's going to come up every single day, no matter mm -hmm. how inner worky and enlightened you become, you're still navigating the ins and outs of sharing responsibilities and problem solving every single day. And so when you guys establish, I expect to problem solve with you on because a daily basis. That's what's going to make me better, right? The caveat here is like, that's what makes you your potential. That is the ultimate reward. If you want to have the best life, you have to switch to this mentality. That's why I get so passionate about this because honestly it, it's not benefiting you it is creating suffering and so if, if i'm if i feel like fired up and passionate about this it's because i'm like let's go let's like go. enough is enough <laughs> enough suffering enough hurting each other like if you just switch this one freaking mindset and you realize that your highest benefit is to look at discomfort and say i'm here for it I'm here to grow. I'm here to be humble. I'm here to look at stuff. I'm here to grow. I'm here to love you. I'm here to go beyond my egotistical needs and be there for another being. Man, like now we're getting into the good stuff of life. This is what it's all about. Okay, let's flip it now because this episode is about being a safe person, right? Mm -hmm. So do you, as the partner who wants to do this work, do you expect them to never struggle with this work. <laughs> this is kind of the flipped thing here, right? Nope. Like um, you have to understand that this mindset is gonna take time because this is probably so foreign to most people mm -hmm. who have been conditioned and indoctrinated and entrained to just live on a very surface level, right? Don't talk about things. Don't bring up things that are hard. Uh, just like literally I hear stuff going on within my own family unit where it's like years and they don't ever talk about stuff. They just act like it didn't happen. They never talk about it again. So this is a new first generation, probably for most people, learning how to do this work. So you also need to have tolerance 
that you just explaining to them to to this to them one time and expecting them to be like totally on board, not going to happen. Okay. It's also problem solving with them to get people to have this mindset and see the benefit in it. And, um, want to do this, right? Because what basically you need to help somebody see is that all their suffering and problems is coming from that inability to face discomfort, to deal with the challenges of life and that avoiding it and not talking about things isn't the solution. And it's what they actually want. Here, Here's the ego hook. What they actually want is problems to go away. <laughs> but problems don't go away through ignoring them or covering them up. Problems go away through resolving them which takes work and effort, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So if you understand what's the motive behind someone who's avoiding the discomfort, it's because they want comfort, but comfort only comes through being in discomfort. So the irony is, is the longer we've been doing this work together, the easier problems become. We have the problems come up and it's like, no big deal. Here we are having a problem and, you know, we're just high five solving it like so easily together. And it's easy and it's awesome. So back to are you a safe person is being on both sides of this is that uh, this is challenging on both ends. And you've got to be willing to be in the discomfort yourself, being with this person who's changing their mindset, being patient. And now we're going to move into receiving feedback yourself as the person in them. So hopefully you share this episode with your partner is When you're on the end of receiving criticism and feedback, a lot of people were asking, how do I get my partner to stop getting defensive? Even when I do everything right and I'm present and I use the eye language and I check in and they're still not getting it. This is the mindset that uh, they need to have and you need to help them see um, so that they can actually be there for you. And so we've been hitting on it a lot, but uh, to go even more specific, as I wrote it down here, is you need to help them see that you are reaching out for love. You are not trying to blame them, point out what they did wrong. You're not trying to hate on them. You're not trying to keep a tally of them. You actually love them so much, you wanna spend more time with them. You actually love them so much, you want help from them. You want support from them. You wanna be with them more. You actually love them so much, you miss them. You actually love them so much, you wish you guys were closer, right? But from their perspective, when you're critiquing them, They think you're attacking them. So this is why they're not able to show up for you because they think you're attacking them. So you have to get them to see that you are not attacking them. You're actually the one struggling and you are reaching out for love and support and whatever the capacity is. Whenever you're bringing critical feedback to your partner, it's really because your need isn't met. There's something in your needs. Like they're just, you know, minding their business thinking you should be fine. So you have an unmet need and you need to frame it that way so that they can show up for you and love you instead of feeling attacked by you. So it's going to be natural for them to, so their ego is inevitably going to get defensive because it's going to feel attacked, rejected, uh, something like this. Like even already, if you're this person in the relationship and you happen to be listening to this, you probably already got triggered because we're telling you, hey, you need to give in a relationship. You need to work through uncomfortable things and show up for your partner more. So naturally, when you are called out on something like that, the ego's response is to take that personally. And instead of seeing the invitation to greatness, it sees an attack. So what is really happening here 
is you are being invited to be an even greater version of you, and it's a blessing. The ego, though, views it as you're degrading me, you're putting me down, you're saying I'm not good enough, uh, you know, oh, like you just need too much. All of it actually is insecurity, though. So again, we're just no BS attitude, I guess, today. It's like, that's just insecurity. So how we get around it is we have to take a moment and be like, all right, just literally you pause. So like when Ash would come to me with these things, I would get all defensive and then I would have to be like, okay, hold on a minute. I understand this is not a personal attack. There are behaviors I need to maybe switch and change, but it is not implying that I am less than or I'm not good enough. It just means, hey, could we improve this? Could we, could we make some changes? But when our, when our ego is super insecure, we take everything personally and we can't just take constructive criticism. So if Ash is like, hey, I need um, a little more help around the house, let's just say as a super simple example. The ego could get defensive and start thinking, well, what? You don't think I already do enough or what? You're Okay, well, then you're just weak or like you, then you have the problem. You're the problem. It could start attacking her or it could start implying that like I already do enough. You know, when am I, I what is never good enough for you? You always need more from me, whatever. It can start getting defensive. Now, let me just invite you to see how weak this actually is and what true power would sound like when you are truly empowered you can handle anything and everything people put on your plate. Process that for a second. A weak person freaks out when you add something to them because they're weak. They can't handle anymore. So they're like, how dare you put more on my plate? How dare you ask me to lift five more pounds? I'm so weak, I can't handle five more pounds. But a strong person, and I'm saying this as an incentive because we've got the script totally backwards. We think that having someone constantly give to us is like powerful. Look at all the movies and shows out there that show quote unquote powerful people who are constantly getting served by other people. That is a total flip. That's an illusion, but that's actually a sign of weakness. No one loves and respects those people. We actually all resent them. So true power is actually the greatest servant, right? Even Jesus himself said, let the greatest among you be the servant. So service, giving is your greatest power. It's your greatest strength. So when your partner brings something to you and says, hey, I need, uh, I'm needing some support. I need some extra love. You're so strong that you say, yeah, what can I, help what can I do? I'm here. I've got, yeah, I can carry a thousand more pounds. Let's go. Let's just so, check in real quick. So you see how this is so important to flip real quick, babe, is like, see the massive difference here. The ego takes it personal and is technically expressing your weakness. Your true self, that's not who you are, you guys. That's not who you are. Your true self is like, I can do this and I can handle this and I do have more inside of me. But your ego hides that from you and brings out your shadow side. It brings out your insecurities. So you have to breathe through that and say, hold on a minute. I'm not being attacked or put down and I'm definitely not weak. Because think about it, if you actually saw this as weakness, you would probably stop doing it. That's why I'm trying to hold up a fierce mirror to it and say, hey, just so you know, every time you do this, you're actually expressing weakness. I hope and pray that next time you start to go through your ego's insecure reaction, you pause and you say, oh shit, this actually feels pretty weak. Like I'm complaining, I'm throwing a tantrum. 
So instead, you want to be able to breathe into that and say, all right, I'm being invited to show my strength right now. I'm being invited to show my love. I'm being invited to show the caliber of person I am. I'm being invited to be even better, even stronger, even wiser, even more loving, even more compassionate. If you don't see it that way, you'll never want to do it because why would you? So long as the ego's narrative is running you, who would do that? No one would. That's why no one does because the ego's running everybody. And so the ego's like, no, 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 this is too much, too much. And then the true power of, a, of the soul comes forth and says, this is what I'm here for. This is my moment. So, so when you're receiving the feedback, you have to flip it to this is literally my moment. This is an opportunity versus the ego's thing, which is saying this is a burden. I mean, that's, can you imagine, do you see the powerful dynamic and perspective when you flip that? Okay, what was that? So I was going to say, just check in and see how that would feel for you to bring something to your partner and for them to say to you, like, how can I show up for me, for you? How can I help instead of what the heck? Why do you always mm -hmm. have a problem? Why do you have something to say? That flip of a, of a, um, you know, statement right there. Yeah, just practice the saying medicine. that in the mirror. So, practice saying that to yourself and be like, damn, I, I sound badass. Yeah. Like, so let's that say sounds it good. Like, as practice the safe it. person, start being this person for your partner. You notice they're struggling with something. Let's say they even get triggered. They're getting heated. They're getting, you know, they have an off tone. Instead of losing your shit on them, basically, um, can you have the emotional intelligence to see when they're struggling and say, how can I help you? How can I be there for you? And start um, being the role model. Yeah, notice that. how good it feels too. Yeah. And so with just this conclusion here is basically uh, in retrospect, uh, looking back at this list of are you a safe person is one, do you already have that container set up? And if you haven't set that container, make sure you do and take accountability for your, in the ways you haven't been a safe partner. If you have blamed, condemned, kept a tally, uh, that's not a safe person for your partner to make mistakes or be humble or admit that they do have work to do. Because basically at the end of this uh, list here, once you bring something to them and say, how can I help you? Um, they're going to feel safe enough to bring account to be accountable and say, yeah, I'm sorry I haven't been able, I haven't been helping you more or I'm sorry I haven't been more present with you. I'm sorry, I really need to work on that actually. I think I have been a little bit too addicted to my gaming or whatever the thing is. They're gonna feel safe to admit that and you're gonna go, wow, thanks so much for you know, seeing that. Yeah, you're actually going to probably be really attracted to them yeah, in that moment. Yeah, praise them for their courage, to be honest. So in order for them to have that moment of reconciliation and accountability, you need to be a safe person. You're not going to blame them. You're not going to condemn them. You're not going to judge them. You're actually your number one support system. Uh, they're getting defensive, most likely, because they feel judged and shamed, and they've never been modeled how to have this type of conscious uh, relationship approach. Did you get a buy-in? Did you ask if they were, you know, in a place to actually have this deep of a conversation with you? Are they ready to sit down and do some inner work or are you just dumping, you know, dumping on them? Yeah. And it, usually like at in the end of the night, you get into yeah. bed or something. It's a common one I hear all the time. Not and the time the partner and just drops it and they're like trying to go to sleep. You know, like how many of us can relate to having late night conversations, deep inner work, like problems. And honestly, you just want to go to sleep. So it just causes this huge blow up usually uh, because it's not the time and place. Next, are you using eye language? And instead of blaming and pointing out what they're not doing, what 
you know, they did wrong, what they're not, you know, whatever, whatever they're not. Instead, can you just take accountability and say, I'm struggling, I need help, I'm mm-hmm. feeling um, mm-hmm. lonely, I'm feeling depressed, I need affection, I need attention. Can you be vulnerable, admit that you're struggling and give them the opportunity to jump in for you and help out instead of feeling uh, projected onto? And then when you're in the receiving feedback position, you know, for, for, your, for yourself or, or your partner, are you seeing that your partner is coming to you with a trigger or an issue because they're reaching out for love? Don't take it personally. Don't get defensive. Don't make it about you. Even if they struggle with this I language, um, they're trying, is can you at least acknowledge that the reason that they have an issue is because they are reaching out for love? And do you love this person enough to see them in their struggle and want to help them instead of thinking they're attacking you? And then all of these steps should lead to a beautiful moment of accountability, reconciliation, and a strategy for improvement where you guys are a team instead of you versus me. Mm -hmm. Because from there, you can finally say, okay, you know, what do you need? How can I be there for you? And there comes out of that a plan where you can restate to the person, I'm hearing you. So the next thing you know is you, you repeat back to them what you've heard. You've heard, you know, their concerns. And then you also are then able to see, here's what I can do to help you. So, you know, going back to the the simplest of examples of Ash being like, hey, I need some help around the house or something like this. Uh, and I would just say, um, yeah, you know, what what can I do for you? And she's like, well, it would really help if maybe um, can we split up our tasks and, and can you help me out or something like this? And I say, yeah, sure. And we come up with a practical solution. Now, if it's something deeper and more emotional, like let's say she's you know bringing up like a wound of um, you know distrust or something, and that requires a more sophisticated strategy. Like, hey, when you go out with your your bros and you're like gone late into the night, I'm noticing you know I feel, I feel afraid. I feel really afraid. I feel scared. And I feel scared Not- and like. You know, you're going out with your boys till two in the clock in the morning. Yeah, goodness knows what yeah. you're doing. This is not actually yeah. our life, you guys. We're just using examples it's, from clients and just things. Thinking like of this. examples here. So so let's say this happens, then that would be my chance to check in, not feel attacked. This is my moment to love her. This is my moment to be there, like we said, and then come up with a practical thing of hey, I'm hearing you that like when I go out, uh, you're feeling you know, scared, you're feeling insecure. And it's like, it it brings up a lot of doubt and worry for you. What can I do to help you feel a lot more safe and secure? What can I do to help with that? Now, her solution is not obviously like, don't ever go out, but it might be something like, well, can you text me throughout the night and just like check in? Can we, you know, and I could be like, yeah, sure. Of course I can do yeah, that. Like, what no do big you deal. need to feel better? Like, yeah. what do you need to feel a little better? What would make you feel good? Well, mm-hmm. what could I do? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So then from there, you know, most of us can't even get to that point because as you've noticed, there's been so many big trigger points. Yeah, trigger points. Up to this That's point. That's a great word So for it's it. like most people don't even get to this healthy level of like coming up with the solution because they've already been fighting up. They've already yeah, fought they're not at this the point. Solution. They're not even getting this point. And you can see the massive trigger points that we've already covered, how big those were because they're the foundation of how the ego is and how it operates. So it's like, no wonder no one makes it to this point. So we get to this level of finding a solution. There's finally the ability to help each other feel loved, seen, and validated in 
our needs. And then from there, you can actually, you know, have a plan and a strategy for how to help each other grow. Now we kind of circle all the way back to what we started in the beginning of the conversation to say, now you can actually come up with a strategy to help your relationship grow for you guys to feel more trust, more security in your relationship, to feel more love, to feel like your partner is amazing, like they got your back, like you're a team and you finally re-strengthen the whole point of your relationship. And every time you do this, your relationship gets stronger because you build trust, you build loyalty, you build, you build a sensation of we can get through anything together because look at every single time we go through something hard, we get through it and we get through it successfully, which makes you fall more in love with each other. And then before you know it, you do this so many times, you just feel like, holy smokes, like I'm in love with you. Like every day I love you more. And this love is eternal and just keeps growing because the, the, the love grows with every day and challenge. So could you imagine how badass that feels to know that everything you go through, no matter how hard it is, just makes your love stronger? Whoo! Like that's what it's all about. Because if you think that going through challenges is a bad thing and it makes your love less, you're, I mean, you're not going to succeed because that is life. So instead, we flip the model and we say, no, 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 you're going through challenges together and uncomfortable things, just like we said in the very beginning of this episode, that is your opportunity to strengthen your love, to come out the other side and to be more in love with each other. And so this is really what it's all about, going through this process and then ending with this conclusion of, damn, you're my ride or die. Like, you're my person. You're like, you always have my back and I always have yours. This feels so good. that's what it's all about all right well we hope you enjoyed this episode if you haven't already make sure you get the inner workbook on amazon it we have a new rewrite out y'all it's it's been completely revamped so even if you've already read the inner workbook go get it again because we now have a a self-analysis color in a bowl spectrum of consciousness We've added a uh, cheat sheet to every theme of consciousness at a glance that gives you the traumas, past traumas, feelings, thoughts, uh, media choices, approach to challenges. It's really, really good for self-assessment. You're going to love it. So make sure you go get the inner workbook on Amazon and it will be out on Audible by the end of October. Should be by the end of the month, yeah. So um, you can get the Audible as well. And as always, we would love it if you left a review, if you've liked this podcast, it helps us so much. Until next time, from our heart to yours, namaste. Namaste. Namaste.